Imagine, if you will, a movie not seen in 30 years. Imagine, if you will, a movie set during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Imagine, if you will, a Joe Dante movie with John Goodman. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I am your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown. So come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, guys, the dogs are here. The Honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frida are here. And of course, the illustrious Butt Maestro is here. And he has a special guest. Butt Maestro, introduce yourself and our reoccurring guest. Hi, everybody. I don't know what that voice was supposed to be. Hi, <laughs> welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the shit they love. And that includes really fucking obscure movies like the one we're talking about today. But the Admiral's right. I have a very, very special guest in the video store. Uh, hi, Dr. Alvon Kringle. Hello. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thank you. For, thank you for coming back on. I got him back, y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, I figured when I described this so movie to you, back. you legit was like, um, can I watch it right now? <laughs> You gave me no I was talking to Dr. Almont Kringle. I had no idea I was talking to what I was getting into. No, I, I did see this movie when I was younger. I worked at a video store, and I, I piled through so many movies, and when I started watching it, I remembered this movie from when, oh, I, good. when I saw good. it when I was I'm younger. Good. I'm glad. Did it bring back the nostalgia? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I also watched uh, Ant 2. Uh, the Ant 2. <laughs> Man, two? Uh, no, the fly two. Oh, God. The one with Vincent Price. watching the fly part two. I thought you were about to say that Mant is a real movie. <laughs> okay. It is. Oh, Don't you know about it? Ant-Man. That's the movie we're reviewing, is Mant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, before we go any further, but Maestro, to subside the calls from the Hawaiian detective and all the music goers... Do you want to talk a little bit about Jerry Goldsmith and his theme? Yeah, no, thank you. I really do, actually, because I knew maybe 15 minutes into this movie, if I hadn't already seen it in the pre-credits, I would have realized, oh yeah, this is Jerry Goldsmith's work, because it's very Star Trek-esque, and he's one. Of, he was one of those composers that was incredible at emulating the styles of other big Hollywood composers at the time, which is exactly what he fucking does here. It's brilliant. It's it's beautiful. I love Jerry Goldsmith. Obviously a big Trekkie, and I love all his work with all that. Uh, one day, just for fun, uh, Hawaiian Detective, do me a favor. Uh, I, I find the score from, oh shit, what is it? Star Trek First Contact, I believe. And then right after that, listen to the theme from Mulan, the orchestral theme from Mulan. They're the same thing. Okay. They're literally the same thing, musically. I'm not crazy. <laughs> oh. Jerry, a lot of these movie composers will very frequently rip themselves off, and that's exactly what he did. Well, I think the, the thing I like about it most is it made me whimsical and loving in the cinema. I think that's what, that's what it did. I also love that weird music sequence that they had with the, with the shopping cart that was her uncle. Like, the music in there was just like, what the fuck? But this is 
because that was parroting all the all those Disney movies around the early '60s. But legit, like that whole like music sequence was amazing. Like I like that one a lot too. So, so so to give context to the Cinemaniacs listening listening right now that have not seen this movie, let me give you the really short version. Because uh, it's not much of a, a plot. It's literally John Goodman plays a movie director, an indie movie director, kind of, sort of, who's premiering his horror movie that has a bunch of really interesting in-theater special effects in Key West, Florida, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, literally right off the military base. 90 miles <laughs> from Cuba. It's uh, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> I didn't expect this movie to have such moments of intensity, uh, uh, like and for this B movie going on and this director who like otherwise would not be doing great to be making an absolute killing because it's playing on everyone's already heightened senses and paranoia. And with the with the whole concept of a person being turned into a mant yeah. is is really playing on the concept of radiation is bad okay <laughs> yeah it's bad so okay. they're, so they're, they're getting like some little subtle subtle suggestions at the time yeah. too <laughs> uh what did you think about the uh the doctor from voyager but maestro Robert Picardo. Oh my god. I absolutely recognize him instantaneously and I loved what he did in this. Yeah, I love him in everything I see him in. I think he's uh he he really like takes it out on the screen and like really really fills out the little extra corners of the characters. Um all right, so I guess we should just get started since we're already we're already talking about certain uh actors. Uh so basically we find uh we're in the cinema and they're watching the what used to be called the coming attractions, but are now called the trailers. Um, you know, gets gets other little type of things, and it's kind of almost a a, a tongue in cheek version of Alfred Hitchcock, kind of, but for B movies. Very much so. Um, yeah. Even has the silhouette of Lawrence Woolsey with his cigar, um, it, and John Goodman kills it in this role. He, yeah. he yeah. is at when he's on when he's on film, and when I say on film, I mean on on the big screen. He is so poised, so precise, everything. And then off screen, he just he's a fucking hustler. He is a fucking hustler. <laughs> it's a hustle, kid. It's a hustle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also love the dynamic of him and Gene because Gene is actually absolutely enthralled with meeting one of his favorite directors, but doesn't go full fanboy. He kind of keeps it inside and hides it and actually acts what it would be like to, you know, meet uh, them as a regular person. And also, I mean, the Cuban missile crisis is happening. So maybe he's like, I have other things to worry about. A bit, a bit no. Yeah. I got other <laughs> like, <laughs> More exactly um so uh basically they do the coming attractions and uh i love uh dr diablo hypnotizes you and i guess it must be true because they said you wouldn't remember and i'm just like wow he actually convinced you about that okay <laughs> um 
And so then uh, we get back to the base, and we see that he lives on the military base, and it's Key West, Florida, and their dad is on a special mission, and uh, President Kennedy comes on the screen um, after doing – is was that supposed to be uh, like The Tonight Show, Dr. Almont Crinkle? Was that I'm was that was that supposed sure. to be the little thing with the rabbits? Oh, look at these two little rats in a box. Ooh. I I think probably. I mean, there were so many different versions of that kind of show. It, it had like a couple of different connections for me, but yeah, I, I think it was probably like a variety show like, type of stuff. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's it's yeah. kind of the Ed Sullivan parody show. It's it won it's Ed Sullivan one. You know right. what? It was a Florida version of Ed Sullivan. That's that's what it was. Yeah, I, and, and there's there's all kinds of like you know like yeah. regional versions yeah. of that. So I mean, um, I'm sure so so and after that we get the notice to uh, President Kennedy saying that uh, Cuba, or is it? Did he say Cu- uh, Cuba with an R for some reason? I'm just like, whoa, is that the New England coming out of you, bro? What? Cuba? Oh, it it, it definitely is like the what? New England going um, out and of course, uh, we won't. Uh, say that I feel like the only person that could have got us through the Cuban Missile Crisis is, of course, President John F. Kennedy. Um, uh, I think he did an amazing job. And I'm not saying this about, like, oh, well, but we just want to address that that happened in real life. But now let's get to the movie. So that is looming literally over this entire film. And there's a weird subplot that I don't really like and I wish would have gotten left on the editing room floor. Um, it's the one with the kid and the bully, like that whole weird ass B plot. I'm like, just, just, Oh, the bully that is obsessed with a girl that's half his age. Yeah. The bully that is like drinking and smoking, uh, and hanging out in bars and not getting kicked out. Yep. Because he's an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this and is back. Girl is in high school. Like I know it's the fifties, but damn, it's the sixties. To be honest what? with you. Second of all, the drinking okay. age was eighteen back then. Third of all, I don't know anything else, so I'm not going to comment. It was still creepy, right? I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't. No, okay. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> no, I got Doctor Alvin Kringle's approval. That's all I fucking need. But um, <laughs> actually, it's the sixties, not the fifties. Um, right. actually, You're right. Um, you know who else is in this movie? Dick Miller? Uh, oh, I was going to talk about Omri Katz, but go for it. Who, who do you find? Dick Miller? He's in every Joe oh. Dante movie. He's in yeah, every he Joe is. Dante movie. Like this one, he's like one of those activists. Like the ones that's like, oh. oh and so is Robert Picardo. He's sent- Actually, both of them are in uh, fucking Small Soldiers. Yeah. Which also came out the same year. Yep. So... So I, I I'd like to speak on that real quick. Like Joe Dante, I I don't know. Like I don't know why I never like connected him as a director to so many movies that like I love right now and I loved when I was growing up and like. But like I was going over his his uh, filmography and I was just like, oh my, like like why like why do I not like why did I not connect? Joe Dante to all these movies, and I'm just like, oh wow. <laughs> it's because he was just such a young, ambitious uh, film director, and I feel like he got kind of the. Whereas, so he got the he got the 
it sounds going to sound really weird the way it comes out. But he got the touch from Spielberg, I think. Like he's a he's a discount Spielberg. He's he's a B movie Spielberg. That's what I feel. Well, yeah, no, I, I no, I mean like yeah. amazing stories like that. That was like produced by Spielberg, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Like and like Explorers, I think was also produced by Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like yeah, Spielberg would looks like was right next to him the whole time. But yeah. but, but my God, like his his. Why don't you name some? Like, oh, name like, some. So impressive. Small soldiers, gremlins, piranha, the howling, Twilight Zone, the movie, and the TV series. Yep. Uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Inner space, the Burbs, Gremlins two. The Burbs. Amazon women on the movie. The Burbs is an amazing Sires, movie. Silence of the Hams. Yeah. And he was involved in Legends of Tomorrow recently, yep. and the recent MacGyver. Yeah. And the recent Salem, like, I mean, he, I mean, obviously in the 90s, I, I think was definitely his wheelhouse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah late 80s, early 90s, but, yeah, he was I mean, cranking them out. Yeah, oh, late, yeah, you're right, yeah. There was another 1993 movie that someone who stars in this movie was also in, and it was one of the last things they ever did, as far as I know. Omri Katz. Uh, played one of Gene's friends in this movie. He was the main kid in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Which also came out in 1993. Yeah, and you know what else? Sandra is the eldest daughter from Mrs. Doubtfire that also came out in 1993. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay, so Dr. Alma Kringle and I were talking about this earlier. I think we've made enough movies. Specifically in 1993, mm-hmm. I think we made enough. I think we might have made too many movies. That's when we hit the peak Lord. of too many movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I we, we were just going down this like crazy you were so concerned about movies. could you do it that you never bothered to think of should you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even like. I'd like to even like do a breakdown of the movies by month that were released go ahead in 1993. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the we breakdown is. We don't have the data month, in front of us. But I need to. I need to compile that. Why don't you list some famous movies? Sheer... List some famous movies. All right, some famous movies. We got Jurassic Park. We got True Romance. Oh my God. Uh, Bottle Rocket. Schindler's Falling List. Down. Schindler's List. Tombstone. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Robin Hood: Men in Tights. Sandlot. Coneheads. Super Mario Bros. Demolition Man. Fuck yeah. Hocus Pocus we mentioned. Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Bronx Tale. Yes. Fucking Bronx Tale. Uh, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Beach Babes from Beyond. Um, and, uh... Oh, The Three Musketeers with Charlie Sheen and fucking Chris (laughs) O'Donnell. The Pelican Brief with, uh... With... Denzel Washington and Julie And didn't Roberts. you say Philadelphia as well? Did you mention Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia 2, I think. The piano. Oh, oh no. And the yeah. other Philadelphia. The, the Tom uh, Hanks one? The That's the Tom one I was Hanks talking about. Yeah. Was that one? Oh, no. But I'm sorry. Philadelphia Experiment oh. 2 is what I'm looking at. That's about the Free same Willy. thing. Free Willy. Yeah, Free Willy. Cliffhanger. The, uh... And uh, and the star Leon Admiral last yeah. action hero, indecent proposal, <sighs> cool Sandlot, just just this crazy list of movies that came out in, in yep. that year. Wait, wait, what was that movie you mentioned? The first one was that Jurassic Park. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. 
Yeah, the number I, number one movie in 1993, and I think 1993 <laughs> alone. I, I don't think. I don't, uh, so before anyone comes at us for sleeping on this movie when it came out, first off, I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I was one year old. You lame one year old. I know. I'm the baby of this show. Carlitos Way. Oh uh, shit! And, and two. There were too many damn movies that came out this year. How are we supposed to focus so on wait, all So wait, so wait. Hold on, hold on, wait, right, wait, 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 hold say, on, hold right. on. Wait. Army of Darkness, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah. Wait. Jesus. Wayne's World 2. <laughs> That's too many movies. Wayne's World 2 and I think Cat in the Hat. No, Cat in the Hat came out in 2003. Yeah. But yeah, man, like. Whew. Um. So... Hold on, so, but Maestro, you were one when this movie came out, right? So this movie came Correct. out in January of 1993, so I don't think you were one yet. No, I was six months old. There you go. Six, six months, you're a horrible six-month-year-old. That ex- yep. experiences culture. Terrible experiences culture. I'm just kidding. Ter- a terrible fan baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> terrible not, fan baby. Not a boss baby at all. <laughs> Uh, uh, but look, so as as the butt maestro said, uh, Dr. Armor Kringle, thank you so much for giving that list because I guess I didn't realize how many abundance of movies came out in 1993, but you did put it best. They made enough movies in 1993 forever. I was um, 17. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. I was probably, I think I was five. I was five. Four or five, yeah. Holy shit! I'm man. sorry. I'm sorry if I made you feel old. I hope I did. Wait, I hope I did the math right. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so so right. it's okay. Math is hard. They have they have letters in there for, for no reason whatsoever at all, and they said we would use it, and I'd never use it. So I don't know why they ever give me Pythagorean's theorem. I'm just like I don't know how to use that in my real life. I've never used that at Swapper Jacks. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. You know what's crazy? I think I actually have used the Pythagorean theorem in D and D when we were like, okay, if the cleric is thirty feet up in the air and his fireball has a range of one hundred and twenty feet, uh, will it hit the the uh, the lich and your party members? But that's D and D. That's not Swapper Jacks. That's kind of the same thing. Oh, okay, you're right. The Lich is a Karen. weird shit happens at Swapper Jacks. (laughs) The Lich is a Karen. The Lich is a Karen. Got it. Oh, absolutely. One day when I go to therapy and describe what happens at Swapper Jacks to them, they're going to be like, you're making this up. There's no way any of this is real. That's a Swamp Lich. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we understand. Yeah, that's the thing. All right, so enough about... Swamp liches. We don't need to talk about no swamp liches, no, no Karens. We need to get back to 19, 1963, 1962, Q and Missile Crisis, Key West. All right. So. Fear. Fear in the heart. Striking of fear. As we pan into the release that is. The and I love that. Okay. So, so, but Maestro, I want to, I want to, I want to let you know that, uh, remember when Lawrence Wolsey. When he was at the gas station and he was getting the coke and he was like thinking of names, like thinking of things. That's what I think. That's what my brain goes through when I try and pick a movie to review. Like when you're like, hey, do you pick a movie? I'm like, oh my God, fuck. I'm like, she gator, man, a gator, galligator. That's it. Galligator. 
That's the one. We're going to review Matinee 1993. And you're just like, okay, whatever. Um, and we get to introduce to my favorite character in this movie, Kathy Moriarty, who is does her best performance, I think. A person who doesn't want to be there, but gives it her all, but really doesn't want to be there at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She's phenomenal in this. She really is. She gets, she gets just the right amount of I really don't yeah. care. <laughs> do, do whatever. Yep. I don't care. Um, and so then we ha- I love how she's like, uh, hey, hey, uh, well, you know this Key West is only nine a month. Great. It's perfect. And so the, the gas attendant thinks he's Alfred Hitchcock? <laughs> um, and then I uh, love how they have that little bit of laughing. And then we get introduced to the air raid signals and the band the bomb girl who is Sandra from um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and uh, she's basically a hippie. She's She calls her parents by their first name because um, I guess they don't believe in labels. And she brings up a very uh, point about certain attributes that are going on in the 60s and why certain things are happening and why aren't. And I love how that resonates with Gene. And he's like, wow, somebody who's my age who thinks this way, who is like ahead of ahead thinking, who is not just a kid just thinking about this, like not worried about girls or all these other things are bombs, but just worried about the actual human experiences that are happening in the 1960s. And I think that's where we get the first spark of like romance. I think between those two was in the hallway when they started talking about, um, you know, different things besides the movie. And I also uh, really love how, He's just, he doesn't invite her to the movies. Like he, he does, right? Yeah. He does invite her to the movies, but I don't think, or do they? No, I don't think he invites her to the movies. They, they end up together at the movies and they end up sitting together. Um, but then we get that weird ass subplot with the other girl who's horny as fuck. And, and the, the guy who's, who's from Hocus Pocus. And it's like, dude, man, don't like, you got to lose your virginity to, before you light that black flame candle. Like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> um, it's just, that's a weird-ass subplot. Oh. was weird. But can we just get to the theater? Can we get Good to the channel. theater experience about how, like... The movie definitely became a better movie once Mant was starting. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the... And, and, like, I understand the subtext of the war and I think that's I think that also works for the concept of this movie because it was a lot harder when they're focusing on the war and the drudgery and everything like that and it gets a lot more colorful and interesting when they actually are involved in the actual movie stuff and you know whether it's just doing the movie or watching the movie Yep. Um, 100%. And uh, so basically the sequence uh, Rumborama, Atomo Vision is basically different types like they have little things that come out of your seat as uh, Dr. Amon Kringle mentioned earlier um, they have like extra sound going on, they have a gentleman in a mant costume coming out and terrorizing the audience um, 
Gentleman's a bit of a stretch for who was in that costume. You were like, who is it? The Wombat. We, we, we yeah. can say he was P.O.S. P.O.S. We, we can call P-O-S. it what it is. Um, yep. And then they also have like different things like, oh, hit him with the flames, the electrical, the electrical spectacles, all kind of. So basically he was a Foley artist while the movie was going on. He added to the special effects. Oh no! It was pretty cool, actually. I, I I'm I'm so disappointed that this it. didn't. Yeah, like I'm so disappointed I, I, that this didn't, didn't catch make on. it into everything. Yeah, and like it's confusing why I wouldn't. You know, I, like I feel like some of the most unfortunately gimmicky aspects of this idea made it into some modern movies, like 3D, mm-hmm. like uh, the one or two movies that have had smell um, vision. Yeah. Yeah, which is like you know. Yeah, I mean, like, what else? What Fucking other... Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> or no, no, it was like one of the. It was like the fourth or fifth Spy Kids movie. Well, the IMAX is basically yeah. oh, utilizing right. this kind of too. I would. W- yeah, yeah. It kind of sucks. I didn't see Oppenheimer and yeah. IMAX or Dolby. Then I saw Barbie though. I saw Barbie and I Ooh, and that would be Dolby. So cool. That was worth it. That was worth it. That's weird. <laughs> what, what was the. Well, <laughs> I, I would, I would definitely like. I would think Oppenheimer would be really interesting to see in one of those. Isn't it just? Like uh, no, hours? not really. It's three hours. It's two hours of the bomb making interspliced with an hour after about a hearing. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! No, no, no. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like three hours. Oh, yeah, I, no, I, it, I know enough about Oppenheimer's life. It doesn't feel like three hours. It's interspliced really good, and it's really well done, but it's not long. It doesn't feel long, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but back to... Yeah. We're not talking about Oppenheimer. We're talking about mat- Matinee. <laughs> <laughs> or Barbie. Or Barbie. Um, right. We so, can one so, so basically, uh, you know, that the, the movie keeps going, and I love that uh, the... Um, the person who is the because he he's doing it in Key West, so there's a gentleman that comes. Oh, what was his name? Uh, the 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 special artist, the one who the one who speaks French, and uh, Kathy Moriarty's like, I'm up here. Oh, oh, Mr. Specter, Mr. Specter, oh, Jesse Robert White. Oh, Jesse White. LOL. uh, Who, I think this might have been his last movie. He was in Harvey. He was also in A Mad, 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 Mad World. Uh, He's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Yeah, this was his last movie he ever did was in this one. He did a couple of TV shows afterwards, but this was his last feature film before he passed away in 1997. Um, He, um, the, Dr. Amat Kringle mentioned this uh, earlier but he played a character based off of uh, like an inspiration and homage to uh, a theater distributor that was in the 1960s that had a lot to deal with the Vincent Price uh, movies with um, uh, Roger Corman and all kinds of stuff like that. All those B horror movies, B science fiction movies. Um, Dr. Alma Kringle talked about that. Did you want to mention anything else about that? Well, the guy, uh, William Castle, basically was, uh, he, he did all kinds of interesting things in theaters. He uh, he had the little t- 
tingling chair for the tingler and uh he did uh like uh red eye sockets floating over the audience at one point um in the end of a movie just to freak people out and then they like a skeleton came from like a vat trying to knock uh candy boxes out of people's Mm -hmm. hands and stuff like that so like i mean you know, like, yeah, I, I just think this, like, his approach to the experience of going to the movies it just sounds like it's so... It's more immersive. Yeah, so fun and immersive and, like, more desirable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd rather watch that than, like, the ten Fast and Furious franchise movies we have. Right. Sure, yeah. I'd rather yeah. watch any of that. Um. Uh, and also, uh, we also need to talk about this movie is filmed in Florida, but not all in Key West. Um, so it's set in Key West, and there are certain parts in Key West that are filmed in Key West. But the theater is actually um, off of Cocoa Beach, um, which is about 45 minutes to an hour from uh, the Central Orlando branch of Cinema Gems. Um and they, that's where the theater is. But since they had to, do, quote unquote, destroy the theater, that was actually filmed in the back lot of Universal Studios Orlando. Crazy. Um, oh, yeah. So, so they got to kind of destroy it without actually destroying a actual building. So, yeah. So, so question was, did, did we see this building? So the, the building in question, no, we did not see. Next time you're in town, we can go see the exterior. The interior, I think they use for like Halloween Horror Nights type of stuff. Um, like they use one of the sound stages um, that they had. And that, that's where they have all the haunted houses at. But so like, is there any connection between that and... Because, you know, if I was to connect... Um, the concept of this movie to anything, it would be the rides at Universal Studios, to be completely honest. Like, even more than Disney, to be honest. Well, well, to be honest with you, I also wouldn't... I would would suggest to Universal that they put a little bit of clips in this in the horror and makeup show that they have. Because it kind of makes more sense to do it that way. And... So instead of playing, or just have a show and you're in the, th- the like you're quote unquote in the theater and it breaks out and there's an ant in a costume coming out and attacking you. Like, that would be great. I would love that attraction. I would love that show. But like, you know, of course Universal's not going to do that. Nobody knows this 1993 movie. We keep getting off topic on the no, podcast no, no, that no, it's on. Not, no, no, I'm no, kidding. That's not, that's not what I meant. I meant that like it would be. It seems like the concept of what this guy was trying to do in the movie in Mant is what is used as a driver in like a lot of the rides and the like the immersive aspect of it. Oh, yeah, is, no, is utilized by like it, you know, and and I think Universal kind of does it like you know you you get on the ride and you smell smells and you like are in like the same room and it's like just like as immersive. And it, uh-huh. but it's still like you're still watching something and kind of being involved when you're watching something on the screen. So so wait, so you're telling me that Universal watched this movie and said, "Okay, 
we're going to do this for every ride and never talk about this movie ever again. No, I'm just saying <laughs> the idea that he's utilizing in yeah. the 50s or whatever. More, more immersive the theatrical 60s. experience. No, I mean, I, I completely, I completely agree with you and understand. Just not to the extent that we want it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to see what what you experienced on a ride at Universal in, in the your theater. Local theater. Yeah. 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 I think that would be incredible. Or even in a special theater. Yeah. Like, it would have been really to. cool if during my. Uh, if I had seen the first Dune movie in theaters, if there would have just been Benny Jesuit nuns come out of the side. Yeah, that would be boxes. So or have some or sand like, blow out. It pre, uh, some sand blow out yeah. at you. In your eyes. <laughs> well, no, you got. Oh, you to oh my god! <laughs> did you did oh, you bring eye drops? Glasses, you filthy animal! Did you bring eye drops? <laughs> um, oh, also uh, found out something else. So there were three Central Florida areas used for the school. Um, uh, there was uh, one for the elementary school that was used for the exterior shots in the lobby. Uh, Maitland Middle, which is like maybe 15 minutes uh, down the street from the Central Florida location, um, they use for the cafeteria, and uh, Winter Park High School uh, oh, wow. is Jeez. is like right over there, and they use it for the classrooms and the hallways. They that's like literally like five minutes down the street, so like legit, like a bunch of these places were filmed, and it's amazing. It shows the aspect of like people think that oh it, it it's film like oh it's uh, filming is an easy process no it's not it's not you have to go to different locations and use scouters and have all kinds of different things and compile it into a peaceful piece of art that is amazing and beautiful yeah and nobody will see it and it doesn't always end up looking like that no it doesn't sometimes it's a total mess even after the edit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the movie's going on, uh, the rumble Rama attacks the, uh, theater and, uh, the doctor from Voyager, um, sees that the TV goes out, his radio falls in the fishbowl. So he thinks that the Russians attacked. So yeah, he thinks they're being, so he goes to his bomb shelter and he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to hide here. And I love how. He leaves it open, and there's a shotgun there. And when the guy in the Mant costume starts chasing uh, your boy from Hocus Pocus, straight up takes his shotgun. I was like, oh, shit, is this going to get dark really quick? I legit thought there was going to be a murder. I'm like, it is a Joe Dante movie. This, this was about to be a Kevin Smith movie for, for a quick second. <laughs> well, I mean, no. This was about to be as bad as Red State. Well, no, it's just like Joe Dante can get can turn really quick at a moment's notice. So I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, God. And it was like, no, we're going to be whimsical. And we're going to have the kids hide out. And one girl's going to be like, where's the telephone? And then everybody just looks at her like, oh. Oh. Um, and I love... Wouldn't that be funny if it just went brutal, brutal horror? Like right? Blood oh, and gore. And like the dude really did turn into a man. Like, jeez. That would be... Oh, God. It would be so fucking weird. But cool at the same time. And then I love the sequence when... Oh, can we talk about the puns? There's, they missed a pun. So, remember when uh, they threw he throws the ant farm down uh, in the movie, and he goes, I'm the great, 
Emancipator. Wouldn't it be better if he says I'm the great Exactly. Like emancipator. Like Yeah, that that comes naturally. I don't know why they right? have just thrown that Like in come there. on, Lawrence Woolsey. You're writing this shit too? Like, come on. Um and oh by the way, did either of y'all stay for the post credit scene? I no. legit did not know there was one. So it's basically the a scene from the I thought that was a Marvel thing. <laughs> no, it's a scene from the movie, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Bill, and it's just it's just Kathy Moriarty in character in the in the in Mant going, oh, Bill, and that's it, literally, just that clip, and that's it. Like I'm just like, okay, cool. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> and so then uh, Lawrence Wolsey's like, oh well, well, let's pop it off right here, and I love how the uh. The doctor from Voyager's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. It can't be broken into. He's like, who told you that? The people who sold it to me? I'm in the wrong business. I'm just like, damn. Damn. Um, breaks it off, but breaks off the, the door. But Gene and Sandra were like, hey, let's go. And I love how their parents are like, oh, my fucking God. Are you serious right now? The world's about to end. And you're trying to get boogie in? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But what if the world exactly. did yeah. Exactly. Meant! And so then, uh, the, like, then the, the ant kid takes, takes the chick that's trying to fuck, um, your boy from Hocus Pocus, takes him by the night, and starts reading this poem, and I swear to God, this poem, I'm like, is it, is this, did this teacher give him an F? And he's like, I'm just going to make art, man. I'm going to make art. I'm a beadnik. Let's go. I can do it, man. Uh, almost runs over Hocus Pocus. Crashes into a car. Um, and then the theater starts to crumble. And I love that Lawrence Woolsey's like, all right, we got to end this perfectly. Warm up that one. Hit that button. Let's go. Pops it open. The boat. The boat. The bomb explodes. Literally everyone runs out of the theater. Because, let's be honest, Lawrence Woolsey was right. If they just turn it off, they'll riot. But they need them to leave. (laughs) They need them to leave. And what better use to do because, you know, it is the Cuban Missile Crisis. Show an atomic bomb. Show an atomic bomb. The movie ends, and I love how they're all like, I love how he's like, you ruined my theater. No, I didn't. He did. And he just points at, <laughs> points at the, the fucking 18-year-old weirdo kid. But Maestro, your favorite character in this movie? <laughs> my favorite uh, character was Kelly Martin. <laughs> uh, and then, let's be honest. John Goodman gives an amazing speech when he's like, do you think adults know what they're doing? It's a hustle, kid. We're making it up as we go, just like you do. And I'm like, that is the <laughs> best explanation for being yeah, an adult. Yeah, that's the one I wrote down, too. Uh, yep. Ever. <laughs> that, hit me, that hit me hard. <laughs> it's like, damn. We're all faking it. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, thought that, I thought that was just like the most important thing of the whole movie. Was like The most poignant message was that. Yeah. Uh, and then I also love the when he's describing the first monster movie ever made uh, with the caveman that puts the artwork on 
uh, gets attacked by, or is a woolly mammoth. Yeah, woolly mammoth. And the way it describes it. Mammoths are dangerous. Right? But the artwork, how it just looks so amazing and beautiful. How he just slaps, he literally just slaps the fucking wall and it comes to, it's, he had, he, Lawrence Wolsey was ahead of his time even though he was fake. A fake character. John Goodman put so much good spirit and charismaticness into him that it, like, made him actually as a believable person. I don't know if y'all felt the same way. Oh, absolutely. I wish he was more of a person. John Goodman has that way of disappearing into a role with everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, he can definitely... That being said, I, I don't think he disappeared this much into a role in... A few movies I can think of, Babe being one of them. Yeah, I was about to say he didn't disappear into Babe like he did this one. This one, he's at one point you're just like, "Who are you?" Yeah, yeah. Who are? You? Uh, what was the one about uh, uh, the kingfish? Oh, all the king's men. Is that what it was called? No, the Louisiana movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? About um. No, but he was in Oh Brother Where That Was. Yeah, he had the eye patch. I think so. He had the eye patch. Yeah. He was selling Bibles. It's okay. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something else while you look it up. Is that okay? Indeed. Um that'd be wonderful. And so I also love the part where he's like he's looking at the newspaper and he's like, Look! We're here. Theater theater goer saves lives and I'm just like, Wow, and they're like, Where? Right here. Well, we're up next to this Cuba thing. I mean, come on. Of course we're going to be on page three. Like, the fact that he's like, you know what? Whatever. Like, next to a baby ad. Like, a baby carriage ad. I'm just like, you know, John Goodman is can sell anything to anybody. Like, that's how good of an actor he is. Really should be able to. Uh, what was the, you know what the, did you find what the movie was? Uh, Dr. Almond Kringle? No. Oh. Oh. Uh, well, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. A full gem, an amazing movie. And a half gem, an alright movie. No gem, a horrible movie. But my show, I think we should let Dr. Almond Kringle go first on this one. If you agree. I agree. Dr. Almond Kringle, what do you give Matinee 1993, Joe Dante? I think everything surrounding this movie made it better than I think I enjoyed it when I first saw it. But I would, I would give it a half gem. Okay. It's definitely on the shinier end of Half Gems, for sure. Oh, see, I guess I watched this movie so much as a child that it's a full gem to me. It's the nostalgia. It's I, I've been teetering all day on, uh, between very shiny Half Gem or kind of meh whole gem. It's somewhere in that realm. It's it's a genuinely fun Oh, movie. so it's kind of like... I, I was very pleasantly surprised. It's, it's the gray in between the lines of our last week's review of The Haunted Mansion for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> so okay, so that was okay. God. See, I I really I enjoyed it a lot, like a lot. And every time I watch it, I love it more. And every time I watch it, I feel like they should have cut the subplot out of the bully and the girl and Hocus Pocus, like that whole hey, thing. You're it, talking it, about matinee. I was worried that you were going back on everything we said in the Haunted Mansion review last week. Oh no 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 no! That is literally in between a half gym and a no gym. Somewhere in there is Haunted Mansion 2003, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> it is in the depths and bowels of that area, and we don't know where it is, but it's somewhere. The cloaca. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, and also, um, I just want to say that the, this movie is uh, coming out on Eric Prawling's birthday, the original co-host of this show. So I just wanted to give a resounding happy birthday to Eric Praline and how you're doing What's an amazing up? job uh, doing artwork, writing. I read everything you put up and I look at every piece of artwork. You're an amazing oh, artist. Yeah. Happy birthday, bud. Happy birthday. Indubitably happy birthday. Um, and uh, also before we go any further, Dr. Armand Kringle, we heard, well, I heard that you had extensive notes on matinee and other things is there anything else you want to talk about before we head out like just go ahead no, and shotgun I think, them. I think we 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 engaged pretty much all of uh, all of my notes in our uh, in our conversation uh the the john goodman movie was kingfish the story of huey p long oh okay oh. okay see i was thinking of the unofficial biography when they did uh all king's men i think mm-hmm. i think that was uh sean penn yeah, sorry, I got to track. Is that uh, so? Is that a good one? Should I should I watch that one? Is that a? Is that, I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, no, watch watch the one he did as uh, Babe Ruth first. Oh, we we actually watched that one and reviewed we, it we last month, that one. last yeah. year, <laughs> last year. Yeah, we we've reviewed that one already. Yeah. I think I think he's channeled the soul of Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and apparently that was filmed in part of New Orleans too, and it's just like wow. Okay. Movie's nuts. I like him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. John Goodman, not Babe Ruth. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but my show. Do you have well, anything Dr. else? Dr. Alman Kringle, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. It's always good to have you back. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me. Thank you so much uh, for thank being you on. all of our amazing Cinemaniacs and Swapper Jacks friends and family members. We love y'all so much. Uh, Admiral, do the thing. Oh. So, guys, just remember to take some time for yourself before you talk to others. Relax, inhale three times, count to five, backwards, breathe, and then talk to the person in front of you as a human being. You don't know what they're going through, and you shouldn't take out what you have going on internally inside you on that person. You should treat other people the way you want to be treated. Just relax, breathe. And talk. If you want to allow that person to be inside your world, then you can allow them to be inside. But it's your choice, just much as it is their choice for them allow you to be in their world. Just make sure that you're always taking time for yourself before helping others. As a great man once said, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, and also, guys, thank you. Marty and the Arrogant Zerber for allowing us to be on your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, last time, I will say it twice, I will say it thrice. Dr. Almont Kringle, thank you very much for coming on this podcast. You truly bring it up from an E-class podcast to an A-plus podcast. That's how, that's how much, like, amazing, like... Vigor you pump into this podcast. It's just like... You gotta get a strong C. 
Your, your episodes, uh, our, our episodes with you are definitely some of our more listenable yeah. episodes. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> some of the more easier to digest episodes. Yep. Thank you. I love, I love coming on. I love talking about movies. Oh, well, yeah. we love having you on here. Um, but guys, just remember that times are tough. The world is crumbling around you. You may seem three different ways. But remember that it's okay not to worry about that. It's okay to worry about yourself. And guys, just remember that black lives always matter. Always. And wipe your hooves and see you later. And I'll say it again because it doesn't need to be said again, but it should be said again. Black lives always matter. Bye, guys. See ya. Peace. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, boop.